Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer, journalist, author, and broadcaster. And as it transpires, I interviewed roughly 1,400 celebrities for all the major media outlets in Ireland. But sometimes I have to admit, I took for granted how privileged my position was in this sense, doing, for example, week after week, different interviews with world-famous celebrities. Look at it this way. My father, Joe Jackson Sr., was a Frank Sinatra fanatic, and I grew up absorbing by osmosis the music of Sinatra, while at the same time stating Elvis was the king, with many a good-hearted argument along those lines. But I've never forgotten the day I bought the NME and discovered that Frank's daughter, Nancy, had turned out to be, at a point, an even bigger pop star than her father, at least for a while, with hits such as the iconic These Boots Are Made For Walking. I can hear the bass run, Sugar Town, and another single I was bound to love, as did my dad, her and Lee Hazelwood singing Jackson. However, there were times during a phone interview I did with Nancy Sinatra in which we talked about her career, family, personal life, and of course those recordings, when I almost forgot that it was Sinatra's daughter I was talking to. Indeed, during this short clip I want to play, and I will at some point turn the entire phone conversation into a podcast, I seem to be functioning less like a professional interviewer than a fan of Elvis and both Sinatras, who simply wanted to know if Nancy's father really hated rock and roll. And if she had a fling with Elvis when they were making the movie Speedway. And by the way, if you want to read the article I wrote out of this phone chat, check joejacksoninterviewer.com. But listen, he also hated rock and roll. We have all those uh, at the start. We have those fabulous quotes about him saying it's music for cretinous goons. I mean, what a really stand-up comment. My dad agreed with him in that, incidentally. So when I started buying... Remember now, just don't don't apply it to everybody because, you know, there were people that he did like. But I think the music he was talking about was probably music that was out of key and not, not very pleasant to the ear. At first he didn't like Elvis. Sure he didn't. I thought he liked Elvis. Oh, did he? Okay, because I know you guys gave him Elvis's Christmas album, and I thought that was to just piss him off as a joke. No, no, no. Oh, he liked Elvis from the start. I thought he liked Elvis. It seemed as though he did, and he, he understood the fame and the, and the success and the magnetism. And uh, Oh, all right. I just think he, he felt that Elvis should have changed musically somewhere along the way, but, uh, you know, I, I thought that he... He was quite versatile musically, so we, we did have discussions about that. Yeah, it. you see, when he says that quote in the book, you say you went to him after Elvis died, and he said uh, Elvis didn't grow musically. I happen to disagree, because I think the difference between Heartbreak Hotel and Suspicious Minds is vast. Yeah, I think he grew, too. I, I think he, he changed, and, and his music was rather eclectic. Yeah. Earlier on, than my dad gave him credit for. Right. Because it, it was, um, you think about, first of all, his church roots, and the gospel, some of my favorite Elvis music is the gospel stuff. Oh, I think it's the best stuff he ever recorded. It's so true. I agree. See, we think alike on this. Absolutely. And, and you can hear his soul come through in all of them. Yes. You, 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 though, you, you were connected with him from the start, like Fort Dix meeting him, the TV show, and then the, uh, you, you, really, you really loved Elvis, didn't you? I adored him. I, I was connected to him before that because I, he, he, was, he was just every girl's dream man yeah yeah but you got closer than most i i had the privilege the great <laughs> privilege of, of actually meeting him well you also did, did did you have a fling with him during speedway oh i wish i had no <laughs> he was, he was, <laughs> he was um, they were having a baby at that point in time and when 
when I first met him, I was engaged to be married. All right. So we didn't even go and have dinner together anymore. Right. And when, then when we were working together and under the same roof at MGM for all those weeks, he was uh, going to be a dad. Yeah, he was at his peak again, wasn't he? He was absolutely at his peak. He, he looked his best. It was just before that wonderful black leather oh, yeah. TV show. Yeah, the 68 special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he but, was in his prime and and gorgeous and funny and smart and just great. I just, it was hard. I mean, if I had been a different kind of person, I might have, you know, not been able to keep my hands off him. <laughs> I think you know? you're speaking for half the world there, you know. Hi, Joe Jackson here again, and I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast, which, given its brevity, I call a single. And don't forget, if you want to read the article, check joejacksoninterviewer.com.